Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, We have a really exciting conversation this week as we prepare to finally, at least in a small degree, finally uh, prepare to reopen. And uh, so I'm here with Jeff Martins, our Connection Pastor, who's kind of quarterbacking this effort. Jeff, welcome back to our podcast. Good to be back. Good to always uh, have a chance to share in the conversation here. How uh, how are things going in your world these days? Uh, yeah, going well. It's uh, it feels like a season of of gearing up in a lot of ways. The last couple of weeks, you know, since we've been out of stay at home order and this step one, where you can do it a little bit more in person outdoors, it's been amazing to turn what are have been for so long Zoom meetings into in person uh, meetings, and uh, yeah, that's having us gear up for this reopening. Um, and yeah, feeling feeling the energy and excitement of it all. How would you say the summer is shaping up for you, just personally as a family? Before we get into all the church talk, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting right now. Probably that that gearing up theme plays uh, feels similar on the on the home front. Uh, you know, while some of this this church stuff is getting rolling in fresh ways, we're also gearing up for some renovating at our place. We've been kind of planning and preparing for quite a while, and right now we're just on the cusp of sort of getting into the the intensity of it with our kitchen ripped out and, and things like that. So we're excited for that, but it's going to be a little little hectic for the summer. Um, and so also in there, we're trying to gear up for hopefully a little bit of rest in the midst of these other gearing ups and and spend uh, a couple weeks up north uh, this summer, which our kids have been, I think, looking forward to since last summer, as we've all had, you know, had only a few things to look forward to. They're pumped for a little bit of break as a family this summer. So, Which will also give you two weeks to escape the kitchenless home. Exactly. That, that's that's going to be the probably the biggest gift of a home with no kitchen. That's the big idea of your life these days. Well, it, we're we're camping. We have sort of the camping setup in our basement. So if that if you know if you can find the fun in that, as though we're we're at a campsite all summer. Well, there you go. Okay, making lemonade out of it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Trying. That's that's uh, that feels like the the sixteen months we've been in, right? So oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's dive in because I know a lot of us are excited to kind of get our heads around everything related to reopening. Uh, we're now less than a week away from our first in-person large group worship gathering in 16 months. Knowing that you and your uh, location pastors are kind of convening these for now, how are you feeling about all this? Yeah, we're, we're feeling excited, uh, obviously, for all of us. It's been uh, a long time coming and... Uh, as it as it seems, you know, uh, and I'll probably get into some of these layers, but you know, as the as the vaccine thresholds rise, and and you know, we seem to be as a, if it's a province on an actual reopening trajectory, um, in in hopefully a longer kind of range here, uh, we're excited to participate in that, and just been so eager to have this chance to to uh, to to get some people together safely in a slow and incremental ways and whatnot. But uh, yeah, we're we're pumped. Knowing that this first stage especially, but certainly in different stages over the summer, knowing that this first stage is at such a reduced capacity and at such a restricted scale from what a full 
in-person worship gathering will ultimately feel like. What would you say you're hoping for in this first stage of reopening? I think one of the sort of primary values is just just to see faces. And yes, while we're indoors, we're going to have masks on and we've gotten used to even seeing masked faces and we'll, we'll kind of see and remember or recognize or meet one another, you know, from the, from the nose up. But uh, just it, being able to do that and sort of trade uh, pixels for actual people in the flesh, even as the service experience and whatnot is, is again, kind of restricted and simple and limited. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest gift in, in, in it all. And, and we're hungry for that and hungry to provide that uh, for our people, again, as safely and within the sort of restrictions and, and limitations in these stages, um, but hungry to provide that uh, within um, the, the, the steps we're in right now. And for a person who's just sort of mentally, you know, they're hearing reopen and they're imagining sort of a, a fuller reopen or they're just super eager to reopen and just be back. What would you say right sizes their expectations at this stage? Well, for our first stage of, of being open for, the, for in-person services, it's going to be a chance to be together to take in the online service. We're still, for the month of July, going to be uh, developing and delivering our services predominantly in an online fashion or sort of uh, exclusively as far as the service leading and guiding is concerned in, in the online video version. But this is going to be a chance to be together with others to take that in um, with certainly more than yourself or more than your household, depending on what that has looked like for you or for, for some who, who don't have access to internet and have have had a hard time engaging in the online service at home uh, throughout this entire experience. Uh, this is a chance to be together and take it in. And that's kind of what it's going to look like. Yeah. So we've used this term watch party and uh, I know you're not a huge fan of it. I'm certainly not a huge fan of it, but I've used it pretty deliberately. Um, what do we mean by watch party? What are, what are we trying to communicate here? Yeah. I, uh, what, what we mean is that this is a chance to come together and, again, sort of take in, watch, view, um, I would say still participate in uh, the online service, but in more than in a way that we've done it uh, you know, more individually or scattered or, or sometimes even feeling isolated throughout the year to do it together, which kind of makes it a bit more like a party, a party of people uh, being, being gathered and obviously, yeah, the limitations of the, the language is, you know, we want to do more than watch. And we say that every single time we start a service that uh, doing more than watching is when you encounter God in it. When you participate, you lean in, you posture yourself towards experiencing and receiving and encountering God's uh, life and love in and through us. And there's probably there's probably going to be less restricted parties you've been to than, again, these ones uh, under our COVID parameters and protocols. But I think the phrase still helps frame where we're starting that we can get together, watch uh, the, the online service together and be together in it, enjoy seeing each other, uh, you know, have some, some meet and greet, you know, in the parking lot on the way in and out and whatnot. And, uh, and yeah, just enjoy the gift of, of being uh, back in a shared space. Yeah, to be clear to those who are listening in on this, you know, sitting in an auditorium, physically distanced from everybody else other than, yourself or those in with you from your household completely masked 
experiencing, I'll say, that's probably the most participatory word we can use, experiencing mm -hmm. the online service, at some level isn't going to feel like much of a party. <laughs> and we know that. But at the same time, you know, when, when Jeff talks about the energy, I love that language of, uh, uh, you know, people over pixels. Um, to be together, I think, is going to be a fresh energy and it's mm -hmm. going to be celebratory worthy. I know people who've, they haven't been in our auditoriums in 16 months or people who have been, uh, you know, they showed up at an in-person, like a short-term group during the pandemic and kind of slithered into one of the auditoriums just to t kind of take a peek and found it very overwhelming and kind of emotional because they missed it so much. Mm. And I think that there there is going to be a lot to celebrate, even in this first stage, as restrictive as it's going to be. So if you're imagining your full definition of what a party is, this is going to be quite restrictive. But if you're still living in pandemic land, which we are, uh, this can be a party of sorts. And so that's, that's sort of where the language comes from. It, it certainly begs a question, though, Jeff, um, and, and I've heard a number of people ask it, like, why aren't we providing more of an in-person experience, at least to start? Like, why aren't we providing, you know, in-person in worship bands or, uh, you know, more full-out singing or, or, you know, even the mask dynamic? Why does every single person have to have a mask on? Talk about some of that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's at least a couple uh, pretty strong rationale uh, for that that we're still living in. I mean, first and foremost, and we've said this, I don't know how many times in the pandemic, like, we'd prefer to be doing all of those things. Our, our option A for gathering is incarnational, communal, experiential, live, participatory. Um, and, and we look forward to the day when, when we fully return to, to such experiences. But for now, in the stages that we're in, well, the, the first, I'd say, reason would be just the capacity primarily of our Sunday planning uh, team, our inspiration team and department. Um, it's been massive to help provide weekly online services uh, for our entire community to keep us all engaged in a safe fashion. And we, we want to make sure that's still in place. And we've already said that's going to be the sort of predominant method of, of delivering our services as we head into the summer still. And that takes a lot of work. And so to imagine still doing that while then launching a multi-site, three locations at once, volunteers kind of fully amped up and re-engaged knowing there's all kinds of comfort levels of getting back at that kind of stuff. Um, it's just beyond our capacity. And so we need a bit of a staged approach to shifting from still mostly online with a watch party in-person experience to then imagining steps where it's more of both, you know, still an online available, but a little more in person as we, we take steps towards, again, what we're more commonly used to when we gather. So capacity is one. Um, the other would just be the, the, the continuing permissions or restrictions and parameters, recommendations and best practices from uh, public health and, and the, the bylaw, you know, uh, officers that we connect with as well, just to, just to make sure we're clear and, and doing the right things the right way. And it's all still pretty restrictive. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about something like singing communally. Um, it's still not permitted in any setting that that isn't a religious service there's kind of some exception for religious services or ceremonies um but things like volume levels are said to have to be kept 
at a talking or less volume, which makes kind of a full band the way we do it a little hard to imagine, combined with if you had, you know, bands or singers, there needs to be extra distance, 10 plus feet or plexiglass between all participants. And trying to imagine that in three locations simultaneously um, as our first step uh, is, is a little bit beyond what seems you know, reasonable and I'd say safe in where we're still at, uh, at least within our context as a community. So um, yeah, to, to manage our capacities through this, and to continue to participate in the best practices and permissions, uh, that that still keeps it pretty simple for at least our Southridge context for now. Yeah, and and to help people understand, like when you talk about best practices and permissions, these are through actual consultations and conversations with representatives from public health and bylaw officers. Mm -hmm. Like you've been part of these conversations. Just describe because I know some of the parameters and, and the protocols are are open to some interpretation or, or leave some question. Talk about what you guys have done as leaders to gain like resolute clarity on how we should be delivering these. Yeah, where where it's been unclear, um, or it seems like it's quite it's open to some interpretation. We've simply tried to ask plain and simple questions of both public health. Um, and more recently, some some bylaw officer connections we've got, and and they're providing, they're being helpful and very responsive. You know, saying things like, you know, can, can we can we serve coffee, or how would a church know when you can serve coffee at least indoors in our cafes? Again, the way we normally would. That's what our capacities are kind of set up to do. And in a time where indoor dining is still not permitted, and again, there's not really a clear allowance for a religious service or that coffee does, is not an essential component of a religious gathering, uh, they were clear to say, hey, you got you to gotta stay away from that. It's like, okay, there, there's our answer. So that's kind of the method we've gone through, and we want to participate. We've said all along, we want to participate with our surrounding society on whole. We want to love and serve our surrounding society, which for us has also meant participating well as best we can with um, our public health representatives who are, you know, have probably been working as hard or harder than any of us through all of this to, to help us get through this safely. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of leads to a couple other questions and curiosities that people may have. I, I know a number of people have uh, wondered about some of these things or maybe even expressed disappointment. And so if that's mm -hmm. you listening or if that's someone that you who are listening knows mm -hmm. that are wondering how to respond or what leadership would say, I'll, I'll just whistle through some of these. You know, First off, Jeff, why have we not attempted to reopen earlier? I know we've seen other churches yeah. that have opened before July the 4th. Why wasn't that us? Yeah, when I think of, of and we, we've talked about these things before, but but it's been so important to re-anchor all of ourselves consistently in them. I mean, when I think of earlier, I think of even lots of the different eras or, or waves or valleys we've been in through the pandemic. And we've been resolutely just um, convicted and dedicated to how do we protect the more or most vulnerable among us through this? How do we participate in that well? And how do we help our entire society because we're desperate to be out of this get through this as quickly as possible so what you know what would lend itself to doing that and in trying to serve those two values how do we practice the way of Jesus of sacrifice of surrender of others orientation in the midst of it all which has had us take the approach that we've taken even up till you know where we're at right now um and uh 
yeah, I think as well, it's, it's had us wanting to wait to this point where we feel like we actually are on a trajectory out of pandemic life. I had heard just a couple of weeks ago, first time I had seen this phrase used in um, medical officer sort of media releases and whatnot, they'd use the word exit strategy, that it feels like we're on the exit strategy uh, out of pandemic life, which is still, again, taking time and whatnot. Um, but now we feel like with vaccine thresholds being the primary pathway to that exit strategy, that we want to participate in, sort of ride the tide of journeying through this reopening together. So it's had us be patient and and uh, kind of waiting until the point that we're at now. Yeah, until we were at exit strategy level yeah. through the vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similar kind of question. You know, it was earlier in June, 11th or 12th or something of, of June, mm-hmm. when uh, the government announced that we would move a little bit earlier to stage one of reopening and then announced that that stage one would allow rig- religious gatherings. It's at, at first, when they mm-hmm. introduced the reopening strategy, it was only outdoor gatherings uh, in stage one, but then they announced indoor at 15%. Why didn't we jump on that train immediately? Yeah, that was a little bit interesting as we monitored that over those those few days because, you know, uh, before we actually launched into the stage one a couple days earlier on that weekend, you know, the, the province had released this stage one or step one, step two, step three plan of, of this now reopening, uh, you know, full reopening trajectory. And uh, at first, like you said, it was it was said that there was no indoor religious service gathering permission. I think it was still the 10 or less, you know, for the most essential funeral wedding uh, kinds of experiences um, together. And then once they were like, whatever it was, 72 hours later, when we actually realized we were reopening earlier, they, they sort of changed that. And we had already communicated sort of our plan to, again, ride this tide of reopening and that we were getting ready for stage two. So it was just one of those kind of moving target dynamics, which, again, we've all had to live through lots of that, but kind of caught us off guard that we were having to recommunicate some things. But instead of trying to jump into that right away, I mean, again, in our context, because of the approach we've taken, having not been open for in-person Sunday morning services for 16 months, um, there's there's a fair bit of prep just to be ready for that. There's facility uh, preparation, and particularly in the stretch of of lockdown that we were in leading up, and the, the stay at home order, which was you know loud and clear that if your work could be done from home, it is absolutely required to do it from home. Uh, we've sought to participate in that, and it wasn't until that opened, and even really stage one, where more activity and even organizational engagement in a context like ours is sort of permitted indoors and in facilities that we've started our preparation process, organizing process, uh, you know, cleaning and even bringing some volunteers in to help with the organizing and prep of facility process. And so even when there was that sudden moving target switch, we thought we'd rather start well than start suddenly, uh, especially after such a long time, even though, again, we have been as hungry, as eager, as in some cases, desperate um, to get this going as as anybody, as it's our heart and our desire and our preference. But that's those are some of the dynamics at play for us. Yeah, so. for the last three or four months, we haven't been able to even have people in the buildings. So yeah. it wasn't like there were people behind the scenes in the buildings making sure that our buildings were ready, you know, just in case or for that day when we were allowed to reopen. And so this first phase we've needed to get bodies in buildings and get nurseries, you know, 
scoured and yeah. cleaned and prepped and sanitized and, and ready to go and, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, that's that's certainly been a piece for people and to I, understand. Again, a bit uniquely at our at our, our St. Catharines and Glenridge facility where we're operating our shelter, where we've had to navigate a couple of outbreaks and whatnot, which has, again, had us, you know, extra careful and safeguarding that facility through all of this. So, well, yeah, a couple yeah. means five. So right. that's, that's, yeah. been, that's been an adventure in itself. Um, the, the other thing that is important, because a mm. lot of these kind of questions or criticisms get asked by people who on the spectrum are leaning way more heavy on the let's just go, let's reopen um, is the survey results. Mm-hmm. And there was still quite a bit of caution, even in this third survey that we did. So comment on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, what we're trying to lead and be a part of all together is a community. And we've all got our perspective. We've all got our experience. We've all got our opinion um, of why aren't we, or why are we, or could we, or whatever. And so, again, we're trying to lead our community together. We did a third community survey, again, especially as we anticipated this, this reopening tide and trajectory. And I'd say we were even probably a, a little bit surprised, but again, wanting to fully in, in absorb and include our community's voice in this, where in the results, uh, there's kind of three main categories to the how should we reopen question. About a third, it was actually about 34%. So just to touch over a third was like, let's go. We're ready. Let's go. Let's have something in person. I'll be there right away. Um, that, you know, ready to rock. Uh, there was 20%, about a fifth at the other end of perspective, or perspective, uh, the other end of the spectrum, I'll say, um, that said, hey, I think we should wait till the majority of us, if not all of us, or at least all those eligible could be fully vaccinated. Like, let's wait till that threshold. And that's when we should start, you know, gathering in, in larger ways in person. And then sort of the, the rest of the community, the middle of the community, which adds up in the numbers to 46% said, let's take a slow, steady, sort of cautious approach, which we think kind of aligns with what the province has laid out, even maybe a little more cautious for religious gatherings than at times has been mapped out um, in other reopening moments. And so that's the voice of our community, which we're trying to absorb and participate in and, and shape in how we lead this and go about this together. Yeah, and it gives our, our listeners a bit of perspective that, you know, our, our community, not surprisingly, is diverse and mixed mm-hmm. and, you know, has all kinds of different uh, values and approaches. And so that's kind of where I want to go next, Jeff, knowing the pandemic has been so challenging for so many of us in so many different ways. And we're coming kind of out of it in this exit strategy from all kinds of different places. What would you encourage everyone to do commonly as we're preparing to, even in these early kind of entry level restriction sort of ways, as we're preparing to regather with one another, what, what, what needs to happen in our hearts? Yeah. Oh, and, and, in our hearts is exactly what I, I've been thinking about. Like we're talking about reopening, you know, a reopening of gatherings and services. I think we all got to come with really open hearts and really soft and pliable hearts and looking for the gifts, looking for what God is, has been doing, is doing and will continue to do and I think we need to, we need to, yeah, look for the, the gifts, the good and the opportunity because, you know, Jesus said, what you look for, you will find. And if we start gathering and coming 
just looking at all that we can't or aren't doing, that's all you're going to see. That we can't or we aren't or why not or da da like that's all you're going to see. And again, it's not wrong to feel those things or have different preferences. I just don't want anyone's heart to just get caught and stuck and stopped there, closed there. On the other hand, you know, if you come and you're like, oh, I can't believe a person, you know, pulled down their mask to sip their coffee or something like that. And you're just looking for that of all the, you know, oh, we shouldn't or whatever. Like, that's all you're going to see because there's going to be some of that as a diverse community gets together. But I think if we come with open hearts, grateful for all that God is and will keep doing through every circumstance, including these ones, again, it's going to be fantastic. Like, I, I, I think we will ex- can experience some some community uh maybe more than than ever before so we've often talked about love beyond belief mm. when you think about the the grace that that requires when you think about even i've heard a number of settings like the extra grace required through and coming out of the pandemic what would you say we all need to remember about that and just the diversity of where different people are coming from yeah, I, uh, I mean, I go to uh, just a, a, a sort of poster scripture we've leaned on a lot this year, where Paul writes to the Philippian church, Philippians 2, to think of others, other interests ahead of your own. Or even in some translation, it says, think of someone else's way of doing it, way of thinking about it as better than yours. And if you start there, you're, you're sort of already in a posture of grace, towards others. You're already in a posture of, I want to listen, I want to learn, I want to love. Um, you know, and I think we'll, again, all of this will have us come and, and be, keep being the church more as contributors and family rather than consumers and fans. And again, that's, that's the kind of church we believe Jesus is trying to build and we want to participate in. And, you know, love beyond belief, I, I think every, God can use everything Maybe sometimes he, he finds a way to leverage the harder things even more powerfully and palpably in us to form us into Christ-like love. And this moment is no exception to that. So like, let's not miss that. And I think if our hearts come as open as we want to be as a church, I think it's, I think it's possible. Hmm. For you and your location pastors who are driving this season of reopening and, and driving these, these watch party experiences, I know your goal is to leverage the, 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 the opportunity and the power of community as much as mm. possible. What are you hoping that these services can drive in those dynamics, both in connection and even in, in action and in, mm-hmm. in friendship with the marginalized among us? Yeah, I think t- togetherness and community are, are, are really the things they, they will drive and maybe even a, a remembering, a, a, a beautiful remembering of, oh, yeah, there's, we're, we're part of this thing together. And yes, it's been a bit distance and it's been digital, um, but we'll see that more up close and personal, uh, pers- obviously in a more, more flesh and blood kind of way. I think a connection and action like and inspiration as well. Everything that, again, we drive as a, as a lifestyle following Jesus, like we haven't been closed. We've been open. We've been on. We've been trying to be the church, maybe in some you know, in new and innovative ways as well. Um, and it's been more distance and scattered and digital and all that kind of stuff. So again, I think the trading of pixels for people to be more actively and incarnationally doing all of this, like it'll just tap into that 
the energy of community, the power of convening we sometimes talk about. I think starting to get tastes and remembrances of all of that is, uh, is what I hope the summer provides uh, for us. Hmm. Related to that, uh, a friend and mentor of mine who we're all familiar with uh, named Tim Day had said hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic that one of the advantages of a shift to online or a shift to more, you know, small group focused ministry or whatever um, could help the, the church or at least the Western church in North America rid itself of its addiction to Sunday mornings. Mm. That church has been so reduced to this hour on Sunday and faith has been so reduced to church going. Um, it, you know, share some thoughts, Jeff, on how we can prevent with the tidal wave of hunger and eagerness to mm. regather, how can we prevent devolving back into that mindset, into simply equating church and our faith life with this hour of gathering on Sunday? Mm-hmm. I think it begins by, and this might be a good practice for all of us, reflecting on, as we anticipate where we're going and just being excited and energized about that, reflecting on where we've been and how you have thought about what the church is and, and what it means to be a part of it, or maybe to ask God what God would want to show you and teach you, you know, as we come to the transition, hopefully exit strategy out of pandemic life. Because I think if, this is where, the, to me, the words open and closed have kind of sometimes tripped us up too, or at the reopening, I, I don't even always love. Because if we've lived in a mindset that, oh, the church has been closed for 16 months, I think that sort of primes the pumps to fall right back into churches an hour on Sunday and a thing that we attend. And as important as the hour on Sunday is in the power of convening and engaging in corporate worship and community and the inspirate, the unique in spiritedness that comes through that, uh, Christ church hasn't been closed. And, um, I think if we can let God reveal that to us through this, again, we can actually come with a healthier, more holistic way of Jesus gathering of his people, life of his people in the world view of the church. Again, then we had pre pandemic. And I think, I think that's, where Jesus wants to lead us. And we can, again, uh, see the church more holistically than we, than we once did, maybe. Fantastic. Uh, Jeff, any final uh, encouragements or challenges to our members listening as we're just days away from taking our first mm-hmm. step of reopening this Sunday? Hmm. Two things uh, come to mind. One, I was reflecting on personally recently and even shared with, with my connection team that I just felt like was helpful for us in anchoring one is let's let's engage in this next season, always acting and choosing out of love over fear. And I think we've sought to do that. We, we certainly haven't done it perfectly. We've sought to do that as a community. We've sought to do that as leaders is make decisions out of love and not fear. And it doesn't mean we've always made the right or best ones or there aren't other ways to make some of these decisions. But to not be afraid of each other, to not be afraid, or I'd even say to avoid comparison of ways other people are thinking or other churches are doing things. I think that that can kill community so fast and, and nurtures anxiety and, and fear. Let's act out of love and trust, love for God and love for each other. And secondly, let's have a long-term view. I think that's been so necessary. Again, it's not to diminish all of the hard stuff and the urgent stuff where we faced and we are facing and we will face, 
Um, but again, to see the church as something Jesus has always been building and will keep building and to imagine what might God have shown us, taught us, done in us 18 months from now, 18 years from now, you know, longer than that, you know, through, through this, um, I think it'll help us realize that a couple of Sundays aren't make or break for us. A couple of months aren't make or break for us. In fact, I remember being convicted at one point earlier this spring, reflecting on just when we were hitting a third wave and thinking, oh, is this thing maybe actually going to be like 18 months long? I had the thought, what if Jesus at some point in my Christian life asked me to give up even more than attending the church services I wish I was attending for 18 months? Would Would I give up even more than that? And just imagining, again, the bigness and the long-term, even eternal view of what God is up to in our lives, keeping that at the forefront, I think will help us do these next few months really well and come with those open hearts together um, as we do reopen our gatherings. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Awesome. Well, we're cheering you guys on as uh, you lead this experience and excited to see those faces and to lean into people over pixels what a gift that's going to mm. be so thanks to your team for uh for paving that way and we're looking forward to seeing so many of you uh in person starting this sunday uh as we continue fostering this lifestyle of full devotion together uh we're eager to see you and uh, hope to see you again here next week as we continue finding our way together launching into a month of it takes a village as we hear some outside voices Uh, share their perspective uh, about our community and about our church community uh, in the coming weeks. So thanks again for tracking with us. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. 